you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast. Visit mashthosebuttons.com for a full podcast schedule. Welcome to another episode of Watchpoint Radio, Mash Those Buttons podcast dedicated to Overwatch and its community. I am Jared, also known as Ja, and I'm here with Bobby Schisler, also known as Blaze and Bob. Hey, 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 Ja. Hey, hey. And today we have a special guest, Rob May from Omnic Lab, joining us live this time. What's up, dudes? What's going on? Thanks for coming onto the show again. This time in person. Well, it was in person before, but you know what I mean. So. <laughs> This is uh, episode number 89. We are recording on January 2nd for release on January 3rd. Uh, Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome to 2018. Uh, We had a good year in Overwatch in 2017. Hoping to have another good year in 2018. Uh, Jeff, uh, one of the things we're going to talk about is uh, Jeff Kaplan did put out a a, a community update, you know, developer update, basically recapping what happened last year and talking about, you know, what we can kind of expect this year. So we're going to go over that. Competitive Season 8 started over the weekend, so we're going to talk a little bit about that and the changes. And we're also going to talk about tanks and their role. Uh, Because, you know, we we talk about tanks, you know, we've talked about tanks before and, you know, we just want to put some clarification on some of the stuff that we've been talking about. But before we do that, I would like to thank anybody who is uh, listening for the very first time. Thanks for taking the time to check out Watchpoint Radio. Uh, since you're new to the show, you should know that we do talk about Overwatch news and competitive and some esports. But the primary focus of the show is the community and the state of the game. So even with the, when we do talk about those topics, it revolves around the community and the state of the game. If you enjoy the show, please uh, you know you can keep up with us on Twitter at Watchpoint Radio. So Twitter.com slash Watchpoint Radio, and we would love to have you on Discord, which is discord.me slash mash those buttons. You can come in and join the conversation. And as always, I would like to welcome returning listeners as well. Thank you, guys. If it wasn't for you, we would not be doing this every week. Uh, we do have some community feedback. Actually, two uh, two reviews from the same person, one for Watchpoint Radio and one for Prepare to Attack from GeoSA. So thank you very much for taking the time to you know, put a review out, Geo say. Well, two reviews out. Uh, his first one is for Watchman Radio. says, awesome. This podcast is humorous yet informative. I like listening to these guys tell their stories of what they've experienced in their own gameplay. They have great guests and give great tips. So thank you very much. We appreciate that. And uh, for Prepare to Attack, he says, great tips. All podcasts have great tips. My favorite is Diva and Anna. You guys ask great questions and get the guests to give Great tips. Just don't care too much for the Hanzo podcast. I wish y'all would redo with someone who doesn't brag about themselves as much. Like, in your ego, they wouldn't leave Spawn. I was like, 1v1 me, bro. So, a little salt on that review, but it is okay. <laughs> I can I can understand it. I can understand the tension, though. Well, yeah. So, but, uh, and I got to meet him, actually, at the Omnic Lab game night. So, shout out, Geo. So he was in your group then. 
Uh, I don't know. Well, I kind of jumped around groups. I don't know if I was okay. supposed to, but I would like leave, go like make something to eat, and then come back and just jump in another group. I just gotcha. wanted to move around. Gotcha. Just Bob messing stuff up. <laughs> but it's not just here. So. <laughs> Uh, well, once again, thank you very much, GeoSA, for taking the time to put those reviews in. Uh, let's see what you, what, how has your week in Overwatch been, guys? Uh, Rob, you're the guest. Let's start with you. Well, I decided that I wanted to start off on my secondary account because I didn't actually finish placements last season on it. I got about eight out of ten finished on it. Um, so this season, I started off and played five games with it, and this count is historically just been in silver although it placed in bronze and i climbed to like almost gold in a couple sittings and just didn't want to play it with those players anymore because i was just getting a bad string of games um it wasn't just the large community of silvers it's just i couldn't being used to a higher tier of play it wasn't really enjoyable so i i just decided that it was time to like get out of it but i went back in there i placed i did not do any uh fin finalized games after placements so i only finished about five games and then got out of there, and then I went on my main account and did seven games yesterday. And the first three games were just abysmal. Like, you would think that when you get into Platinum, people would understand, like, the amount of team play required to do anything. And even though I'm, like, in games where it's, like, one healer and five DPS, I'm like, those games are exciting for me because that means I have to work harder. And... um it, they tend to be the more fun games, but not when folks are just running around like everyone is on a flank. There's literally no mm -hmm. semblance of movement as a group. There's no timing. Like people aren't following one hero to go in and then having one flanker. It just doesn't work. So it's when you just um, sit there, do you go like this? <laughs> I just want to cry. Yeah. Well, after those three games were done, I took like a good hour break, hour and a half, maybe even two hours, and then came back and then banged out another four games. And those were a lot more enjoyable. Um, I had a game in, uh, I had a bunch of games in our game night at the end of the month for Omnic Lab where I got to play Ana, and I had actually not realized how much I missed playing Ana. And um, I had this nutty game. I don't know how it worked out, but I landed seven sleep darts in a row and it was just like so satisfying. <laughs> like this poor Winston every ping, time. Right? Well, it was a 175 MS. Yeah. So like these Sorry. guys were coming in and I slept this Winston's like five times and then uh, it blew him up with a grenade. And then towards the end of the map, we, we were like winning a team fight. I think it was like 4v6 and then we dropped one of our DPS and it was kind of like pretty close. And then their mercy was like trying to zip out on uh, Nepal uh, village where they go to the, the main choke on the far, the central side, not the far right or the far left, depending on which spawn you're on. So she like dove out there and I, I threw a grenade and straight up Kobe sniped her with it. And every and it was just like this is gonna be a, a bad game for that team because this is so fun. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was like the highlight of my my placements was getting to play on a little bit more. Nice. What about nice. you guys, Bob? What what about you? How's your placements been going? <sighs> well, I haven't done any place uh, placements at all yet. Uh, yesterday I wasn't feeling so good, so I just kind of sat on the couch and played uh, Final Fantasy fifteen and watched uh, watched movies. So, and then uh, 
Then for Overwatch, I mean the high the highlight of my week was the Omnic Om, Omnic Lab game night, and uh, shout out to Icy Sorrow for like just really running that thing like a tight ship, man. I mean it was great. Yeah, she she did a great nice. job. <clears throat> but yeah, that's really been kind of it for me in Overwatch. I did play when I probably shouldn't have played New Year's morning from like two in the morning till like six a.m. That was definitely not a good idea. But I just played QP and worked up my uh, my new fourth account. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> you have a problem. I don't even it. know why I bought it. I'm just like <laughs> I'm not buying another account. Forget this, man. Yeah, I mean, well, technically, technically speaking, I have five accounts total, but that's three on PC, uh, and two on one on each console. And the way I handle my accounts is, you know, I have I have Jaw, which I will play anybody with on that account, right? Church Jaw is the solo that I have just to see, you know, what I can do there, and some sometimes some experimentation, and then I have Big Chocolate, which is my okay, we're gonna pull you out of bronze, silver account <laughs> you know like I, I will do whatever i like i really don't care about sr at all on that account but i actually and that's the account that's placed now that's the that's the account that's placed uh it's um oh man i did i've only placed like 25 20 it was terrible it was really really bad like, i don't think i've ever said like what the fuck are you doing so much <laughs> in this game than I did, you know, like last night when we were doing the placements. Who'd you place? It, oh, uh, well, Timeless had already placed by the time uh, I had caught up with him. What did he, he place? He had placed like 1964. Ooh, he's so, so close. He yeah, he placed like 10 SR less than he left or than his season high last season. Um, but like you know, when I caught good. up to him, I think he, yeah, I, I think he, I, I caught up to him. He had lost like twenty or forty SR from the the original placement. So I was like, okay, we're gonna hop on. You know, I'll do so my placements like with two you. Games. Yeah, like two games basically. And um, and the thing is, like, when, even when we lost in placements, I was watching his SR. It was not dropping by that much. Thankfully for him, like yeah. we're talking like either in the teens or in the twenties. So the system is trying to push him up. The problem is we just have to make sure that we, you know, that we have to try to actually win here. And I don't know, like it's well, it is those know, first yeah. ten to twenty games of the season. So you have to wait until that yeah. buffer runs out, and then you'll figure out where the MMR is trying to push you. Because it's going to be that way uh -huh. regardless of where you need to be in the first couple of games. Because they're trying to like help you fluctuate a little bit and find a good average, right? Well, he uh, like I, I, when you have like one problem on the team or two problems, you can usually work around that. But like when your whole team is just like a circus, that's like he's like, what do you do with that? You, you can't do anything. I'm okay. I'm running a shield tank. They won't stay behind the shield. That's when okay, I break. Uh, yeah, I'm, you just I'm gotta play Zara, Winston, yeah. dude. You just oh, play yeah. Winston. And you <laughs> sit on people that are not paying attention. That's how you win. Like that's oh, yeah. that's what I had to do. Is just play Winston and play soldier. Play heroes that have their own way of self-maintaining healing, like Roadhog or Soldier 76, even Tracer, if they don't have a Torbjorn. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think twice last night I said, okay, I'm just going to go DPS for the rest of the night mm -hmm. because I, I was even successfully able to, you know, you know, mitigate damage, yeah. but nobody's dying. 
So, you know, I can only have my shields up for so long. <laughs> you know, I can only protect people for so long before I get wiped out. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go DPS. And now I'm doing well as DPS. It's the problem that we've been talking about. It's that cycle. Now I'm DPS, and now we can't get tanks to, you know, help protect the healers and stuff like that. So mm. it was just a mess. But I do think we will be definitely be able to get him into gold uh, this season. Because the, the farther you go down, the tougher it is because um, – there's just so many wild cards, right? You don't know who you're going to get placement. You don't know who uh, who you're going to get matched up, matched up with in their skill level and whether or not they understand the basics of the game, you know? Mm-hmm. And there's probably a lot more tilt down there, too, <laughs> to be honest with you. Yep. There's, I've had games where people are more. just, like, freaking out that I have Hanzo. And, I, and, like, a guy was just, like, I picked Hanzo at the beginning of Hanamura because Hanamura is, like, a really good Hanzo map. And uh, yeah. playing defense, and the guy was just like, "F off, Hanzo." I was like, "Why?" And he said, <laughs> "He's like, you're throwing." I was like, "I'm sorry, but it's not throwing to pick Hanzo." And he's like, "Well, I don't know your skill level, but..." And it turns out this kid was this is actually like a 12 year old kid, and I'm oh. just like, <laughs> and then he, like he just kept telling people what to do and like all this other stuff, like who to pick and and um like. You're doing terrible. And I was like, dude, you got to pay attention to the kill feed. I've been killing everyone. And on yeah. top of that, like, um, you're the one that's been dying. And every time you die, you speak instead of before you die, you speak. And you got to stop telling people how to play the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's bad. Like, I was playing. It I doesn't don't matter play... if you're 12 or 40. People do it. <laughs> like, I don't play. I don't play Widow well. But we were playing quick play with Jaws, uh, r- with Jaws r- real life buddies, and then we had this rando in there, and he's like, "Dude, sniper, can you kill anyone?" And I was like, "Dude, I'm sitting at 18 kills, which is gold, and I have 16 final blows. Like, I'm, I'm not that good, but I'm good enough at this level to be killing people." <laughs> you just they have no idea what who's actually doing work. You just don't know, understand yeah. what a kill feed is at that rank. They never look at it, or they have it. Don't even have it enabled, which is also possible. Yeah, they do, and they just might. I mean, they just might not know about it. Something we should probably probably mention more often. Well, I mean, like you would have to purposefully turn it off, though. It is a default feed? setting. Yeah. Yeah, you have to purposefully turn it off, so that's malicious. <laughs> and then people Probably, don't know don't what the tab that. button does. I swear, people don't know what the tab button does in Golden Below a lot of times. Yeah, yeah that's what it feels like. Well, until they need to tell you, well, I have gold damage, two K. You know, like something like that. That's I'll, like no, I'll dude, that's a problem. Sometimes, as a <laughs> DPS, and I've done like horrible the first round. I've got like seven kills, and like yeah. 1800 damage and that's gold and i'm like well guys i am gold but the stats are really bad so does anybody else want to give it a shot because <laughs> it's it means gold or not everybody did bad oh. that round you know yeah it's the yeah. same scenario where someone like is playing winston with gold damage like or with gold eliminations and they're like complaining that their dps isn't killing anybody it's like dude you're literally tagging everything <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, clearing yeah, exactly. everybody yeah, it's like if exactly. you don't have golden limbs, we have a problem as a team. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. All so that I mean, says like, is you're in the right spot, at least. Yeah, he's playing well. I was like, I mean, yeah. you can't complain that you're playing well. Let's go. Now, well, it's bad as my place. The placements were with timeless in the low account. They were 
they were going even worse on the Xbox today. <laughs> they like they were not going well. And I think console one of the console's biggest problems is party chat. That's one of the biggest problems on console because I had a team of five oh. people coming, all on the same team, and they were all on party chat. Like they would not leave party chat. They would not come into the game. They like their safe space uh, on con- console. Eh? Yeah, and they were probably like they uh we ended up winning that game. I just picked Zarya and they kept picking more tanks to try to I guess try to force me out of, you know, playing Zarya. And I was like, Nope. I mean we're just team? gonna have four tanks then. Yeah, my own team. Like that's how they communicate. Very aggressively, like animals. <laughs> you know. That's very doing primitive. the uh <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> doing the old uh um, more tanks. you know, quick quick select you know the, the whole quick select thing on the character yeah. screen because they're telling you what they want you to play but like no but i i actually did end up winning that game but um we had actually i played with uh, a dude abides and that was great i think we lost one but then one two but man they were tough they were really tough mm. and one we almost lost uh and he had nano and i had um um Tack visor, and I we you know I managed to drop behind him. He ran on me. We cleared him out, and we actually did end up winning that game, thankfully. But it's just rough because of the lack of communication, and I think because of the lack of communication, you don't have a lot of Overwatch knowledge circulating through the community. Like you play console, and probably up until Diamond, you still have teams thinking it's okay to run one healer. You know, like. All the time, one healer, three tanks. It's cool, like it's not cool, dude. Like you know, and so you you can't really. It's tell really them hard to run because- one healer with more than two tanks. I've been finding it's super hard if you got three tanks and a healer, or even sometimes if you got two tanks and one of the tanks isn't like Zarya or Winston, where they have like the or even Diva. Like I feel like you have to have one of those three as your other tank because if you're running a Rissa right. and Reinhardt and you're trying to heal a solo heal is mercy it's just not going to happen that Arissa is going to be dead every fight you know yeah it just takes too much time <laughs> you know it takes too much time it's it's tough and but that is like kind of that's like a constant like i mean in competitive i have run teams i have run with teams that had no healers and one <laughs> you know like it's 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 bad like it, it does it does get pretty bad and i think because there's not enough communication which is it's it's funny that the, the the problem is communication when every Xbox and PS4 come with headsets. Yeah, but I mean, you know? <laughs> but I think that's an inherent problem with the consoles themselves and that just that market. Because I remember when I used to play Call of Duty, the only ones talking were the very loud, very obnoxious squeakers. Would you say that the player density in console would just overarchingly be a lower age bracket players? A lot of times. I I mean, that's what I would believe. I'm going to say no for Overwatch. And this for a few reasons. Um, For, for, I think for most multiplayer games, yes. But for Overwatch, no. Because most of the people that I hear when I hear them speaking are... I'm going to say at least teenagers, right? At least teenagers, maybe in their late teens, early 20s, you know, stuff like that. But um, actually, it's kind of a personal experience. My uh, my girlfriend brought her son 
Overwatch because mm. he really wanted it. And then he tried to get all of his friends like to play it, and they just like all said no, like they don't want to play Overwatch because Overwatch is too hard to play because they're used to playing too, Call of Duty. Yeah, too on console? complicated <laughs> on console. Yeah, huh? Well, I mean, even just by virtue of saying uh, the majority are teenagers is in essence putting them at a lower skill, like or l- lower skill, lower age bracket. Yeah. Um, <laughs> True. Just because like you, you got to look at the large population, and then you parse. How much of that is density of an age bracket, right? Like, there's a right. massive age bracket in in PC, like in particular, because you've got so many people in like our age group um, that mm-hmm. are, you know, like the I guess you could just say the 18 to 35, and then you got like the 30 35 plus crowd is is uh, much much higher because people are, you know, they have money, they've got jobs. They're paying for PCs. They've got like nice ones, not just like a PC to play Overwatch that they're in high school, you know. And then right, you've yeah. got the kids that are in high school and the ones that are in junior high that have a PC are much, much lower in density, unless, you know, like their dads have got them a nice PC and they're like supporting this uh, great addiction that they have. Hashtag right. awesome. <laughs> but um like the console, the console stuff is basically just budget budget overwatch i guess you could stay and it's not any other reason like they're not having a, a suboptimal experience they're just having the same experience for a cheaper price pool because they don't have to invest that much money in order to experience overwatch in like this grandiose space because they have a console that does a lot of the heavy lifting for them that they don't have on their pc and so i mean i know for me i started out on xbox playing halo 2 playing some of the original Call of Duty, Call of Duty 2, which was like World War II, not Modern Warfare. <laughs> no yeah. multiplayer, you know, stuff like that. Um, and those games were hard. And I, I don't remember how difficult they were. But, I mean, people are playing on console that are in the, the younger age brackets. For whatever reason, after I transitioned into college and, and uh, whatnot, I started finding out with my brother's age because he's about six years younger than I am. When they when he started playing console stuff, the amount of people that are not in like a voice chat are were like increasing in spades. Like people just don't communicate across the board. It's not just an Overwatch issue. I feel like people mm-hmm. are just doing team chat and other things because of a uh, if they're in junior high, especially or younger, and they're playing higher rated games in the ESRB rating that they shouldn't be playing without parental supervision then their parents are controlling a lot of the issues that they're having with the games by saying, you're not allowed to do this and this and this. And they're putting parental controls in place where they can't actually do that. And then when they get in a high school age bracket, they just don't want to deal with it because they're like, I'm just going to get discriminated for my age. You know, something like that. Cause I've actually talked with a couple people on PC that get discriminated for age and, you know, rightfully so in some ways um, and not rightfully so in others. I mean, people are just like, you're 12, shut up. You know, like I've heard that same thing. It's like, you don't know That's, what you're, you're doing. You don't know what you're playing because you're in high school. It's like, well, I've got some high school players that play a GM and could teach you a thing or two. And like, you just have to calm, calm down. That's know? actually right, yeah. how I met Jack, who's now, uh, or who hit top 500 this, uh, this, this last season. I met him in a game where he got told to shut up because he was a little kid, and I was like, dude, everything he's saying makes complete sense, and it's, I mean, it's completely accurate, and he's like, whatever, and he's like, he's just a kid, and then 
uh, Jack friended me and then just asked to play a, a little bit later. We were both in, in um, gold then, and he's worked all the way up at top 500. It's crazy. Yeah, they're just so, looking for people to play don't with underestimate. You know, and enjoy the game. They're not looking for anything other than that. They, those are the guys that I would say have the most time to play the game and understand the game is the game, and it's about playing for fun, even if they're competing. And like the older scale, like scaling the age bracket gets, the more competition gets into the forefront and people are like getting home from their nine to five and playing their one of 10 games a week and they're like losing it and they're just losing their mind because they're like, this That's is the only thing I have control over over the week. Then they just go to Reddit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and they just, no, no, I'm, I'm a part of that age bracket. Like people yeah, like I mean, go to nine Chad, to five like, and come just home. doesn't have time. I don't have time for that business, you know? <laughs> I don't have time to bang out 20 more games in one night, you know? It just doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When you play, you want your games to count, you know? So, so when somebody comes on and, like, you're playing through a game and they leave, or now somebody's throwing, like, that is a huge, like, that really pisses me off because, like, look, I already have limited time and here you are, <laughs> you know, yeah, fucking it up. That's what happens when you have a game where you're overlapping your t- personal time with five other players in the same team and then everyone else has different goals with whatever they're trying to do you kind of have to put yourself under the situation and and i'm not even saying that i'm above this because i get in that same mindset i'm just kind of like preaching the choir here because this is me um yeah you know and uh it's difficult because like you get into those games and you're like at the end of the day when i log off i need to remember i'm playing the game so that i can enjoy it and i can learn and not so that i can win because Wins and losses are coming, and in essence, if I have above like a 60% win rate, I shouldn't be there very long. You know what I mean? Right. Like the games are designed outside of a very different skill bracket than like, say, the other game that I'm used to, which is Hearthstone, where win ratios are meant to be lower because you've got like such a random tier where you go into something and you're like favored to lose and it like be really polarizing. But then you go into Overwatch and you're never really supposed to be favored to lose that much. Like every game is in essence, you're supposed to have somewhat of a chance as far as the actual rating is concerned. So, yeah, um, every game should be in essence pretty close. And if you and if it's if it's not close, that means that there are more people on your team or more people on their team that aren't where they belong and they're going to win really hard. (laughs) <laughs> so <laughs> it happens i mean it happens when they get lucky lucky uh, lucky or un- unlucky games and they get where they shouldn't be or or you do it doesn't matter like it's it's that actually it's tough. that actually kind of leads us into our first topic all right well let's uh, get into it shall we <laughs> yeah it's actually oh, yeah, like leads about- us right in right so competitive season eight started we do know that there were going to be some changes on the way uh the one being the max sr difference for people that you're that you're going to be in a game with uh for bron from bronze to diamond that's a thousand sr still so if you're bronze to diamond you're really not going to notice that much of a difference i mean i have you know i've never been paired up with a grandmaster or not a grandmaster or paired up with a master in a game of mine right that would be um you know uh Either like you know, you know, a thousand SR away or a little bit under that. So I don't think bronze to diamonds are going to see uh, big differences there. But masters and grandmasters are going to see a difference there. Um, 
So if you're Diamond, you probably won't get mashed up with a Grandmaster if that's what you were seeing before. So that should lead to some better uh, games. And this doesn't take effect until today, from what I've heard. Like this, this whole big adjustment is the same time when the perform the the next thing, which is the performance based SR, is kicking in for higher tiers. All of this is the same time. They had something like this in in like I guess Jeff was talking about it being kind of like a pre roll of this. They were like slowly getting it to be closer and closer to this. Yeah, oh. but um, they they right. said that it wasn't in full swing yet. Interesting. So they actually let people go through place uh through placements with it off it has not been enabled and until the last patch which just went up like what like a couple hours ago <laughs> i don't know a couple oh. hours ago yeah like less than 10 hours ago now you have performance based srs now in the grandmaster the master things are there but remember they had some sort of soft system where they're like trying to do this but then like if the timer gets to going too long then they're just like whatever you know what I mean? Like the timer wasn't as aggressive, but I was even watching PVP Twitch last night. Um, it would be like 3 a.m. is when he started um, in Eastern time. But I mean, that's like prime picking for me in Japan. <laughs> so I was watching it like eating dinner. You know, it was great. So um, he was he was playing. And um, I think I was watching Desra the day before. Who's the Torp guy? But both of these guys are now. I guess you could say reformed one tricks. The guys that are like just playing, trying to play whatever and and showing off how good and well they can play other heroes but um they were getting like 15 minute queue times and like seven minute games and they're just like you know talking with chat for a good 10 to 20 minutes and then they get to play a game and then you know it it does take a while but they're like hey if i don't have to play with masters anymore that's good with me (laughs) like if you're a top 500 (laughs) player and you're playing with masters people that are just like fresh masters out of diamond it's just like that's not that's not the type of games that they should be playing they might actually turn skirmish mode back on. No, no, I don't oh, think yeah. they will just because of how big the streams are and they haven't uh, that yeah, much interaction. You know? I hate yeah. skirmish with a passion. I can't do it either. I hate it too, man. I hate it it's so much. I, I got into it with my with my new account because I forgot to turn it off. I was going once with the new account and then I'm like, oh yeah, got to turn that off. But I, I kind of have a, Still have a problem with the bronze to diamond max S uh, SR difference. I mean, anybody who's in platinum, usually it's widely ag- agreed on, at least in my experience, that you don't queue with anybody who's like 250 different from you anyhow. It just makes for weird games if, with the matchup system. So yeah, if you're trying to climb, for sure, like that ain't gonna help you. Yeah, I don't know why I mean, these are actually more different. Being able to play with their friends—that's the big. That's the big issue, right? It's like I can't play with my friends if I'm GM. You know what I mean? Or I can't play with my friends because I'm Masters or G or or uh, Diamond because their skill bracket is too big. And then on the t- same side, it's like, well, you have to try to keep everyone happy. And you also have to prevent boosting. So you have to have some sort of balance somewhere in there. I just yeah. think a thousand's a lot, man. I think a they thousand should is like a lot. reduce so, they, it quite a bit. Joe, are you going to say? Have, I was going to say, they have systems in other games that kind of resolve the issue. Because, you know, like, uh, the one I always talk about is StarCraft. Now, you can't copy it from StarCraft to Overwatch, obviously. But in StarCraft, when you queue solo... That is, you have a rank for solo. 
when you queue with a teammate, you have a rank with that specific teammate, you know, together. If you, if you have another person that you play with, you have a different rank for you and that person together. So like they they like you can that is you something separate you can do. I mean, like, for that? Yeah, placement. Ugh. It takes about placements are like Sounds five awful. games though. And Starcraft placements are like five games. Yeah, but that's because well, be the realistic. games are like fifty minutes. <laughs> and Starcraft, no way. Yeah, like, the Starcraft games are games like are pretty in the fast. lower tiers when players are even. I mean, those games last an eternity. Because I was lower a silver tiers, player. You do have a point. You do have a point. There used to be this show called Bronze League Heroes that uh husky used to do and it was hilarious it was just nothing but bronze <laughs> games and he because he was a professional caster for starcraft and he would cast these games like they were professional games but they were bronze God, that's funny it was actually a great educational resource because he would tell everybody what they're doing wrong what they should be doing but so yeah like that, that's what they would do and that would resolve a lot of issues right if you want to play with your friend mm-hmm. you can play with your friend you do your five placement matches uh and bam now you have your group sr you know that you can you can run with that for the rest of the season and then there'd you know, never you, be any any boosted comments on your you know your solo rank that's just your rank you wouldn't have to you know you wouldn't have to be like should i 2q should i 3q should i 4q oh i don't know if i should 5q you know it's just it takes a lot of that out of there i think yeah. that yeah to interrupt a little bit, sorry, Joe. Um, no, 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 I'm thinking of more of the impacts with professional scene because that's what they're going to have to really look at if they're going to do something like this. Is if you're trying to get into the open league and you have some sort of like cutoff period for SR and or rating, how are they going to look at that? Are they basically going to be like, hey, this guy's like 4,500, 4,800 SR in their duo right. queue, but you know they're only you know, 4K or, or um, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're they're like just breaking into Masters at like 3,600. And th- yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I think at that point they'd have to look at your solo rank, you know. Would you though? That's- because then like, that's, that's what I'm getting at. It's because like Overwatch Open League is team oriented. That is true. So are they going to look at people trying to get a six stack, five stack, four stack, three stack, two stack rating? And be like, well, this guy's got a really high duo queue, but he plays in six stack, he loses every game, and he's like, you know, dropping down to the masters, or he's dropping down to diamond for that rating. And on top of that, I mean, the only people that are really going to want to have that many placements are the people that have time for them. And you and I, as much as you and I might want that system, even if we did want that system, I can guarantee you I'm not going to do other placements. I'm just going to play solo. I'm not going to do that. I don't, my time bracket is already <laughs> terrible for playing with US right. people. Well, I, I know for me personally, I play with a very limited set of people, right? So, I mean, obviously, I'd have to, you know, I'd play, I'd do, let's just imagine that they're doing five, placement matches of five matches. So, I'd do my five placements with Timeless, and then I have my five placements on my own, and maybe a couple other people. Um, throughout the season, it'll be okay, but then again, I do believe the seasons would need to be longer. I think those seasons should be I longer. I could go with anyway. that. I'm, I'm not a big fan of the, of the, eight week seasons because we talked about last week you really only at max you're getting six weeks of good play right the first week is going to be a shit show the last week is going to be a shit show and sometimes that varies sometimes it's a little bit longer so yeah i do think they need to make the seasons longer and maybe that that would 
you know that would that would work a bit better with that you system know. you would definitely have to have them longer the first time we talked about that the seasons were longer now that i'm thinking about that yep. i didn't i hadn't thought about how that change actually affected that want yeah i mean then again you can also like we had the other idea where you can do like where you have like different cues like you have a solo cue a duo cue and then what was like a six stack cue you had you know as opposed to having yeah. a place one, you know, two, with each three, person. and full six. Like you couldn't yeah. do four or, uh, I don't know. That was the idea that we had. You just one, two, three, and six. Yeah. Or if you like, because like what Rob is talking about is like have it, that means you would have to place in four different cues. So let's just say you place, you have three cues with five placement matches each. Because I don't really think you need 10 placement matches anymore. You just don't. With the way that the SR system places you. I well, mean, let me speak to that a little bit. I do agree that I think 10 is a little high, but only because of the size of the season. And you can reduce, like, if you think about it that way, like the lower the amount of games are for placements, the better off your crap first week is going to be um, because it's going to, it's going to feel shorter. Um, mm -hmm. Even, and mainly because you have so many people with alternate accounts, right? You got all these alternate accounts that are doing 10 placements, so the week just gets longer and longer and longer. It feels, or sometimes it lasts two weeks. Um, but if you're going to have the seasons be longer, then it becomes more about the rewards and not about the games. And that's what Jeff was saying and why they, sh they shirked the season to be smaller and shaved off that last month. And also, frankly, like there's a lot of people talking about this in in um, the Hearthstone scene where we have one month seasons and the grind is even more ridiculous. Um, I don't think you even understand how difficult it is for people to get to Legend and like yeah, Legend is kind of like of the G the 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 l upper masters, I guess I would actually equivalent it. like it. It's technically GM. It's the point zero one percent or it's a point one percent of players, but the fact that people are getting the GM of, of um, Hearthstone on a regular basis is like unreal. Like you actually have to play the game so much for that. Like to give you an idea, getting to rank five should take you, you know, between 70 to 200 games if you're playing well. And the games can last anywhere between six minutes to 25 minutes, depending on what kind of matchups you're playing and what kind of decks you're playing. And yeah. Overwatch, the games are similar uh, as far as the total time, but the ratings are adjusted based off your skill, and then you also have to do ten placements, whereas you know you just jump in with with uh, with Hearthstone, and then like well, from I rank actually... five to to legend, it gives you another you know minimum two hundred games from there. So like if you hit rank five to get to legend, hitting rank five is like unheard of. And then like to transition this and over to Overwatch, I think that they would do better to actually have something similar to what they have for um, Here's the Storm, where you just have two ratings. Group, regardless of size, regardless of player base, and who you're in the group. And then you have your, um, your individual rating. And then in the group rating, it's going to be dictated by a set amount of people. And you can include people into that group. And that would be similar to like League of Legends, where you like form a team, a team league team, and you can have a certain amount of people you have in your team rating. So you can, you know, pick and choose what you want to do for rank on that account. And I really See, like that kind of a system. I like the shorter the shorter seasons. I 
I yeah, I have too. since it it began, but that was just something about the argument for the extra cues that I had not thought of prior. And yeah, Hearth uh, Hearthstone is nuts. Like I've hit rank five a good seven or eight times over the course of my playing. I usually end around somewhere around nine, ten, or eleven rank, mm-hmm. and like. I can't imagine trying to play the amount of games to get up there. Usually when I hit rank, uh, rank five, I just get a really good deck and I just play it cur- uh, correctly. And I usually get to five because of a lot of wind, uh, wind streaks. So I can't they take away wind streaks that. for, uh, yeah, they that. take away to five. I've never gotten past five. I've, I've only gotten to five and I've done it a lot of times. The one time yeah, I would have had a that? chance was when freaking uh, Pirate Warrior first uh, first started. I played the first day. Pirate Warrior went right to five. I should have tried that like that that month. Like I should have done it, but I just didn't have time. I was starting a new job. It's uh, mm-hmm. later, but yeah. No, I was just thinking because I don't play Hearthstone. I've never um, I've never been into card games, but it. It sounds. It does sound like one month seasons is extreme. It sounds extreme, but it also sounds like you know, if you don't have time to play all those matches, you kind of you kind of get shafted. Even if let's say even if you are a high skilled player, how do they balance that out? Well, that's Hearth drops you back like back down. Like basically start at like somewhere between you can yo yo five rank twenty and rank seventeen every month, right? I know, like one of the reasons, like with um, you know, the 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 competitive system they had in beta, which some people still want, and I mean, I I do like the the that the that system had a flat number, right? You had a flat number for a win, a flat number for a loss, a flat number for a draw. I like that, but the problem is that every single season, eh, you would have went right back down to the bottom if they think that, um. You know, the first week of competitive now is bad. Imagine having to play Grandmasters and Challenger. We deal so they can, with so they can the walk start of every you. month in her Yeah, exactly. The start of every so month, we that's get like League of Legends where everyone's guys. in flat. Yeah. And you're playing in like just, flat one and you have like this like Masters tier or Grandmaster level player in your game and you're like, I can't do this. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just. That's not fun, now, but here's food for thought. I was been thinking about this a little bit as far as like how you do placements. If the placements are like shorter, let's say seven games. I think I think five is maybe too short. But let's say seven games. And then at the end of your seven games, you get placed in a rank. At the middle of that rank. And it's not arbitrary. Like they're not gonna put you at like twenty one or twenty six or you know, something like that. They're going to put you right, right in the middle. It'll be like, uh, for bronze, that would be, what, 500? So they put you right at 500. And if you're in if you're in silver, they put you like right at 1250. 1250 and yep. in gold, it would be, you know, the same thing. It would be 2250. Right. And uh, let's see, it would be 2750 for plat and 3250 for diamond and 3750 for masters and 40... I mean, you could even just put them right at 4K for for GM if if you really want to, because those guys are if if they're there, they should be winning anyways. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. um, and then that's where you start. 
instead of like putting these people on these really weird skill brackets so like i placed 26 21 it's like well, i placed 26 22 so i'm better than you it's like well eh, are you <laughs> like like i i mean the rank system seems so funny that way it's like these really weird like 21s and 36s and like you know what the performance based matchmaking is said you're going to get this much for a win this much for a loss and they're going to be equal and um lots of people are not liking that the you know the 90 percentile of overwatch players are not going to be affected by this because they have never hit diamond before or they've never been in diamond plus you know so diamond's a tough spot man i've went up in there many times and dropped her back out yeah, I don't think people understand how the performance-based matchmaking could also benefit like once you get into the tiers where you should be able to really maneuver plays and really coordinate a lot better. And from my experience, it didn't really happen too much in gold, but you do get some glimmers of that. And it's not so much that I like really don't want to upset folks that are in bronze and silver and gold because... Frankly, I, I think that the performance-based matchmaking helps those ranks a lot um, more I, than it I hurts. I think so, too. And, but I will say the performance-based matchmaking has affected me for whatever reason ever since I've been stuck in Platinum. And I know that there's a lot of other Platinum folks there. And I don't mean that in that I deserve to be Diamond. I just mean that, like, I, I feel like I drop when I'm going, you know, 52%. And it's really strange. Like I had this season last season where honestly I didn't play that much and I wasn't playing that well. And so in that stretch, the performance-based matchmaking was working and it was like pulling me down. But the um weren't you playing Zen? Yeah, I was playing a lot of Zen, but I wasn't playing Zen a whole lot seems because to of Destiny. Do that. Like like Zen, like I'll have monster games be on fire, but for some reason I just don't gain much when I play them. John, what are you going to well, say? Because I'm not done, but well, think, I'm curious. Well, the thing about the performance-based matchmaking, I think it would be better if it was actually completely performance-based, right? Because like you said, you can have monster games, right? Where you know, I've had monster games and Platinum where I'm Arissa, and not only do I, ha- I have like, you know, 30k plus blocking damage, and I'm like 7, 8k and, you know, hero damage, and I, I have a bunch of eliminations, and yet... When I lose, I lose like 30 SR. Like, okay, fine. I lost. Take some SR away, but 30 SR for a loss where I just blocked the hell, you know, out of a bunch of damage. That's a it lot. It does seem a little and strange I, as to what they're evaluating. Because, like, yeah, I, had, had, no I had this kind of moment very similar to that when I was playing that on a game that I was, like, fragging, you know? And it was yeah. more so that, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't top damage, wasn't top healing, but it's like... You know, you have like a, a hit percentage of your sleep darts, and even then, like you're firing a good sleep dart, and the other guy just outplays you and drops a barrier like that second, or they blink or recall. It's like those are good darts, and they're not like missing, or they're like missing because the other guy played really well, or you're like landing them and getting like key key moments that the game statistically cannot reveal is a good play. Because you're killing proper targets, you know, like you could be Winston and you could be killing Diva every fight, but you're losing the game because you're not killing the right things and you're not damaging the right, right stuff. You know what I mean? Yep. And like the performance based matchmaking is a little different than I think 
a lot of players are realizing as far as like what they're evaluating because even the players don't understand what they're doing. You know what I mean? Like even in my platinum games, right. people are like, oh my gosh, I have I have gold damage as Zen. It's like, well, that probably means you're hitting a lot of your targets, dude. That's good. You know, it, it doesn't <laughs> that's that's the evaluation you should be going after. And like the the metals system is not like a good evaluation because nope. they're in that sense, you're basically evaluating yourself based against your other teammates. And the MMR and the performance-based matchmaking is evaluating you against everyone else in your skill bracket that happens to be playing that hero. You know what I mean? Right. And it's like, it's it's so strange as to people are like, oh my gosh, I did so well this game. I I have gold healing. And then like they only gained 21 SR and they're like, I played really well that game. It's like, well, yes, you did, but that's not how you're getting evaluated for your SR. It's like, wait, 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 wait. The game needs to be what you're evaluating your SR on, not against other heroes and how they're playing that. You know, I feel like you can inform a little bit of like averages and like baselines. When you got games, you're playing Volsky Industries and you're you're double capping in like two minutes. You're not going to be getting stats. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're no, capping right, the game yeah. in like two minutes and um, then you're yeah. full holding in like a second. It's like there's got to be there's got to be something else. And I'm not saying the Blizzard systems like not being informed that way. It's just they're they're. They're doing what they should be doing and not telling us how they're evaluating everything. You know what I mean? Because if they told us everything, the people would game the system like crazy. You would game it like I mean, crazy. You would game it, it would be so bad. It would be so bad. It's already bad enough when people are trying to game what they do know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Like the whole thing where everybody was choosing uh, Sombra because she was easy to work up as. And what are you going to do? I don't, right. I, I don't know. I'd like to see the performance base SR removed for platinum too. I'd like to but see what happens first. I'm good with gold I think and that lower. I think they're good to implement it at the diamond and upper tiers as like a test case. And I don't think they're telling us that it's a test case. But I mean, anything in Overwatch is non can be non permanent because they well, have a lot of control over it. That actually can kind of roll us into our next topic because you know jeff kaplan had that community update and based mm. off of something he said it kind of feels like competitive period is just a big test <laughs> that they're not that they're not done with yet but we'll go ahead and get around to that first uh, i guess we'll just go in order of what they talked about in that developer update which uh you know they, they patted themselves on the back for a good 2007 you know great job to them and uh you know they you know we do have another the next event that we knew was coming anywhere was going to be the Lunar New Year event. This year is going to be called Year of the Dog, not Year of the Rooster. So I don't know who is going to be the, uh, who's going to be the, uh, well, I guess it's May again. Never mind. May will be the, the mascot for this one again. Yeah, it's it's less about May and more about China because Chinese New Year is just ginormous. I mean, they could do something for Diva. They could do something for, you know, the, the Shimada brothers because it's massive in Asia, but right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. For some reason, I, I, I when I think of, uh, the year of the rooster may doesn't pop into my head first. It's that fucking roadhog skin, the pig. I love that one, man. Baji. I just changed it out. I just with the, just with the new skin. one. I hate that skin. I do like <laughs> the new skin from the winter, but I, I, I love hate the skin. I think of, <laughs> yeah, I didn't change it until just recent, just recently when I got the newest one. I kept it forever. 
tug suit, please. Yeah. <laughs> that would be pretty creepy. Sleepy. But who else? Like, who yeah. else could they put a dog suit on besides Roadhog? Maybe Doomfist. Uh, Doomfist, a dog suit. He's too serious. No, no, no. He's his his fist is just a, a pit bull. Uh, <laughs> just bites you. Oh uh, yeah. So we are gonna see that. Um, they he did. They talked a little bit about the uh, Hero Twenty Seven. Said the Hero Twenty Seven is on the way. They don't know the release date yet. I mean, we don't know an exact release date, but let's be honest, it's probably going to be released sometime in uh, March, you know, around the same time. Yeah, their normal schedule. They seem to be a lot further along on this one than they have in the other heroes when they've been talking about it. You know what I mean? Like, they seem very, very close. So I I, I would even venture to say you might be getting this in in February. The end of February. That'd be an interesting change. I think they'd just move on to the next one and just shelf it. So that they could get a a head start on the next hero. Well, they're already working on the head. They're probably working on the next two heroes. Like, I mean, like they, actually they working on getting them done. Uh, I mean, they definitely have a pool of heroes that they pull from and try to develop. You know, put the you know see if they fit where they can fit them in the game, and then put them in the game. But uh, yeah, twenty seven. They, they they do seem to be farther ahead they said that here 27 is much needed and i'm trying to think like what is much needed in overwatch right now another defensive character kind of one like torb or symmetra i think everybody wants that i think we need something to deal with orissa and we need a we need another hero that can both anti-shield anti-shield and also deal with um like well okay the anti shield issue is not is not really that big of a deal as far as that's concerned. I feel like they would be better off just retuning Orissa a little bit more because she she seems a little she doesn't seem broken. She does seem a little balanced, but it's just like the barrier is so so boring. When you're playing to like soldier, watch. yeah. When you're playing soldier even, or McCree, she it's feels more broken. Of like, like honestly, just watching the pirate ship strat. It just doesn't seem that fun or enjoyable to really watch. You know what I mean? It, it's it's interesting. You're like putting the Bastion behind two barriers and it's like, oh, okay, this is fun. But it, it's like, it. I don't know. I, I don't really... Honestly, I would be more about supports and not just because I'm a support man. I just feel like we just need more diversity within supports. Like there are so many damage characters. So many. Yeah, that, tanks um, or supports, it'd be nice. There needs to be more utility in that tree. Um and put in like maybe there should be like another tree and you just put Symmetra in that tree with Torbjorn and they have like their own like utility category and then they just add like another hero in there and then they have three. But um, yeah, May May maybe May doesn't really provide anything for the team as much as like Torbjorn and Symmetra does with the utility. But I don't know. I've also wondered wondered about having more overlap within the tank category with another category because the tanks only really have Orisa or I'm sorry, um, Zarya for a utility tank. The rest of them aren't really utility. They're either like hyper damage aggression or they're like really defensive block. Zarya is the only one that's like really like somewhat damagey, mostly supporty and like control objective oriented stuff. I would like to see a little bit more like uh, Zarya styled heroes. For tanks, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, 
Now, every time they introduce a new hero, I worry how cheesy is this hero going to be? Because people, every time they introduce a new hero, people want a more outrageous hero. Like people don't like. I think a lot of people who play this game don't actually want balanced heroes. They want a cool hero. You know, uh, they enjoy OP heroes, and that drives it. It drives me fucking nuts. It drives me nuts because I, I I really enjoy playing balanced games, and like when when I have to play a game that is filled with cheese, it's it becomes like not fun for me anymore. That's one of the main reasons I stopped playing um, Destiny. Because of uh, uh, you know the the crucible was just it was made out of cheese. The crucible was made out of cheese, so I, that's why I don't want that to happen. Overwatch with Overwatch, you know, the, one of the reasons I enjoyed it when it first came out or when I play in beta is because yes, these heroes do have abilities. Yes, they have ultimates, but most of the heroes don't just have an ultimate. They could just pop and kill everybody. You know, you play Destiny. You play a Titan, you run around a corner of the room, you press two buttons, boom, everybody in that room is dead. Uh, you know, super easy. But with the stuff that you, you know, with uh, Overwatch, you know, you have to be careful about when you pop your ult. You can't just be soldier and, you know, pop your tag visor at the wrong time and expect to make it all the way, you know, through it. Yeah. You know, there, there are checks and balances in the game. And sometimes when they put heroes out or they make changes to heroes, they don't. I say don't want to look at everything the way they should have. Mm. And sometimes the hero comes out and it's like super cheesy. Like look at what happened with Doomfist when he was when he first came out. Uh, there was a lot of Doomfist cheese going on there that just made the game not enjoyable to play. You know, I thought it was fun. You know something that they haven't done since launch. They haven't released a hero that somewhat modifies team speed. They haven't done anything since Lucio. Like you have a little bit of speed increase with Sombra when she goes stealth and her mobility of like jumping and Doomfist of like having increased speed with his mobility of his kit, but doesn't help the team do that. You know what I mean? Like, why don't we get a tank, a non-support character that'll modify speed as their main kit team speed. Right. And that'd be like the, the primary thing going on because this is like the first time in Overwatch history in the last like I guess the last meta where Lucio isn't like auto pick, right? Right. It's the first time where he's not auto pick in every skill bracket. Well, not every skill bracket. Let me put it that way. Like uh in every competitive match in like the the top tiers. Like you're finally seeing like Mercy Zen as being like a primary gig or even on a Zen or stuff like that, or Moira Zen, like stuff like that. Like Zen's finally back in the spotlight. You also have like a new support itself, just like resurfacing. And I don't know, man, I want some, I want something to help us move faster or give like the entirety of Overwatch, just like a little bit of a speed update. Like everyone can just move a little bit faster as their stock. Cause sometimes like when you play Joe, I know you play a lot of Arisa. Arisa is slow as balls. (laughs) Like, yeah, it's so slow to move around. <laughs> I have so much time to think between deaths. It's ridiculous. I think she's the <laughs> same speed though. She just appears to be moving slower, just like playing a Tauren in World of of Warcraft, where it just feels like you're running slower. But you play a Goblin, you're 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 booking. You know, I think yeah, only refused. Genji and Tracer are actually faster, and everybody else is the same speed. I could be I could be wrong on that. 
the refused in the chat brings no up a good to... point. He says, uh, not making it stackable with Lucio. And yeah, I would definitely agree with that. If you're stacking stuff like that, that's an issue because then you're just going to be like hyper mobility comps. You're going to run like Ana, whatever that new hero is, Lucio, and then you're going to run like just straight dive, and dive is just going to be everywhere. And like, you're never going to hit shots. I mean, the only drawback to, to updating the overall speed of the game and making the pace faster would be making it less approachable to people that are, you know, not at the upper upper tiers. So I get that. But I do think that if, if we have another hero option to help us modify our speed that isn't Lucio, that would be great. But then again, it's like if we get that, why why would you ever pick Lucio? You have to do something yeah, else. There's you know? a, there's a lot Flexibility. of people that have clamored for just taking away speed like speed boost for a group all to all together so then you'd lower the pace of the options of the game too and i don't know there's so many know, lucio's this has got if you're running out. death ballish on a lot of levels lucio's still pretty crucial to have in that situation so i don't know maybe give that to roadhog the reinhardt rocket boosters <laughs> for your teammates. <laughs> Drop him on the ground. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I when I heard that, it's like it's very much needed. I don't necessarily know what will be needed uh, unless they're going to bring a hero that will be able to mitigate damage the way D.Va used to be able to, but then you have that whole situation all over again. Maybe they found a way to fix it. I don't know. Because right now, we are dealing with a lot of spam in, in various compositions. Like, you just say, if it's a choke point, it's just nothing but rockets and grenades and bullets, like, just flying right through it, you know? Yeah, that's, that's why, why I don't think... Go ahead. Uh, it's just why a lot of people are picking comps that run our, that run our around stuff, but it seems payload maps really favor Orissa pretty hard. Yeah, I've, I've definitely been seeing more... Um, a lot of people pick Orissa over uh, Reinhardt recently, even on uh, maps where you have to push the payload forward. Yeah, uh, she's pretty good now, man. Oh, she was good before, <laughs> Bob. Uh, like I was after they Arisa changed cool, her shield and gave it extra, like that really helped her. And then she's Arisa's got so much damage. Too much. Her almost. shield is annoying as heck, man. You think it's too much? I don't think it's too I think much. It I think is it, too it's too much. I do too. I think, I think it's kind of needed because, like, one, it can't move, right? So once you put it down, like, it was just. To, it, but you I, get the, it every eight wrong. seconds. I did, huh? But you get it every eight seconds. Yeah, but the thing is, like, you have no protection. Like, so like with Reinhardt, right? If you have your shield up and somebody comes to you from the left or the right, or somebody gets behind you, you could take that shield and turn around and protect yourself, and then go back to the other position. Yeah, but you with can Arisa just walk before, with Arisa. You can walk through it with Arissa, uh, but let's say if like a uh, like a tracer comes to you on the side, which was happening a lot, she could just pretty much she could just like you know keep pummeling you, and you couldn't do anything about it. Even if you went through the shield, she'd just go back and forth. Now the shield actually has some protection on the side there. The tracer has to come in closer to you or around an angle for her not to hit the shield anymore. Which actually does allow me to at least do damage to tracers, if not kill them a bit better. Like if they are close enough, it's easier to kill them. But that's what—that's the biggest—that's the biggest uh, help I've seen when somebody is flanking Orissa, not necessarily behind her, because you're right—you could just walk through it. 
of flanking her from the side, it makes it uh, I mean, it's, get more. Protection. Now that the they like adjusted the the way it curves a little, so like you can you can maneuver in some wonky ways to get around this shield and just keep abusing it by going in and out of it and weaving stuff. Like you're not gonna see it too often within people that don't really understand the hero very well. Um, but that's just because people don't understand like where the curve is in relationship to their head. So I have like Arissa's on lunar colony park on a top of point one to come in and like they put the shield in the corner and then like the only thing it's not covering is their head and you like pop them with a soldier and they're dead <laughs> it's like Arisa, please stop <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean that's so the funny. same that's the same strategy that you uh to use when playing winston and using his bubble right, you could right. just drop it way more often and it has way more health <laughs> Well, I guess not way more, but quite a bit more. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just because people at certain in certain games don't understand the value of breaking barriers. And then once you yes. get to certain areas, like people don't try to break the barriers. They just don't shoot them. They're like, oh, well, the barrier's up. I'll just wait till it's done. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, 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 no. I don't know what say. it is, but you have to shoot barrier. If you break the barrier, it's game over. Like I told so many of my teams, especially when you play Ana. Like, Ana doesn't feel useful because the barriers are so prevalent. That's why Ana's mm-hmm. not that great. It's because yep. you have Winston bubbles, Arisa, Arisa barriers, Reinhardt barriers. You can never shoot a dart into anything because everything's broken. Or um, not broken. Everything is blocked. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, I, I can't purple people. Yeah. I can't dart people. One of my call-outs normally is working on Ryan, uh, working on Ryan shield, working on our Arisa shield. And I'll even be calling it out when I'm Lucio because I'm helping with that. Like, that's, you know, like that's something Lucio should be doing is helping mm. spam. Sh- uh, it's more important with Arisa spam too. Spam shields. Yeah, Arisa way more is super important. Arisa everybody, shield. though. Everybody, it's important. You know, except well, what for I mean, Mercy. What I mean is that, like, when you break a Reinhardt shield, he's basically going to die. When you break an Arisa shield, you can actually play the game. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like you can actually go in and actually attack them. Whereas, like if Arissa mm-hmm. has her shield up, then she's she's able to do whatever she wants and um like move and shoot and stuff. Whereas Reinhardt Reinhardt is like actually a threat without a shield when you're within his vicinity. But it's kind of hard to describe. But like ah. I don't know. I feel like there's something better they can do with Arisa, maybe in regards of her armor, giving her mobility when she's blocking damage and blocking CC. Like I've 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 mentioned that as a multiple multitude of answers. It's like I would much rather her be able to like mitigate her own damage taken and maybe like give that buff to her teammates rather than have barriers be there. Because at least you're shooting people and not like uninteractive play where you have like a widowmaker in the back that can literally do nothing because there's a barrier there. Like we just had um, a going deep episode with uh, Beef Tipsy, who is a top 500 widow player, and he's like, "Please delete Arissa from the game. I cannot shoot anything because my teammates never break (laughs) barriers. (laughs) It's like I can't shoot anybody in the head anymore." (laughs) See, I can't remember who said it. I can't remember if it was Fu on the Zenyatta episode or if it was the coach that did Winston for Prepare to Attack. But they, they, one of them brought up the fact that nobody shoots Winston's shield, and it's the big one of the it's biggest, the easiest problems. one to break. 
Yep. Yeah, exactly. It's like, what, like, I think it was Fu on Prepared to Attack because he was always talking about always be shooting. You know, if you see a shield, just shoot at it. And the biggest problem with Winston is that nobody shoots a shield. <laughs> you know? Yep. They, so they that's how really Zenyatta it. survives is making sure that shield dies. Yeah. <laughs> I had Fu as my coach True. twice, so I, I know the drill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, he's really, he's a, he's a really good teacher. Yeah, he is. He's going to be doing our Moira episodes. Ash he laid into awesome. me for being lazy with my aim on my follow-up thing, <laughs> so that was funny. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, so also in that video, uh, the t- Jeff Kaplan says, you know, they're always looking for ways to improve competitive play, and they're looking to make small changes each season, and they're still working on the, what they want competitive play to ultimately be. So I don't know. I, I, I think I, I made a little prophecy uh a couple of months ago saying like, you know, by the time, you know, sometime in year two, I think we're going to see an overhaul of the competitive system, just like with, uh, not Hearthstone, um, Heroes of the Storm, you know, even though technically speaking, Heroes of the Storm had their system in place. I'm pretty sure their system was in place before the game actually released. Uh, if I remember correctly, when it was still, still in beta. So they had They're a getting performance based matchmaking and people are happy about it, by the way. Just have to say yeah, which I just want to be like, dude, yeah. you guys realize this is what Overwatch you already has. don't know has. what beast you just said. You don't want this. <laughs> <laughs> You're unleashing Yeah, well, because right now they probably have like the, op- they have like, you know, well, you know, if they if they rated me based on my performance, I'd be doing, my, you know, I'd be rated much higher. But I think when people think of that, they don't really think of the fact that you only get, you only move up if you win, dude. Like, even if you play your ass off, all game and you're doing everything you're supposed to you have incredible stats and you lose don't mean nothing and it's hard to get stats without help yes especially if you're playing a dps like if your tanks and aren't making space and your healers are dpsing over healing then you're in trouble yeah. we'll say performance-based stuff is way easier for a moba than overwatch because you're locked true. into one hero for the really? entirety of the game. Yeah, that, that makes it a lot true. easier. Yeah, but if you ever see my name, you, I play. I do play Heroes of Storm strictly for fun. Like I, I am that person that I complain about in Overwatch. I'm that guy in Heroes. I pick Zagara and I play it how I want to play it. Yeah, I win, I lose, I don't care. I just so. network all day, every day. <laughs> yeah, even if it's not What's meta. Yeah, what's a team comp? Oh yeah, I use the Nazar all the time because it helps me get around the map. So I got people yelling at me for playing Probius, and I got to plat, and I'm like, "All right, guys, my Probius (laughs) is pretty good." (laughs) Yeah, I've only played Uh, Diablo. Yeah, but I I do think we're gonna see like an overhaul of the uh, of the competitive system in Overwatch. To be honest, I mean. In a game where, like, I understand that it is performance-based SR. Oh, you know, it's performance-based so that you can try to, they can try to move you up even if you're not, your team isn't doing that well. I do get that. But in many games, especially the higher you go, which is probably why they got rid of it for, for Diamond, you know, your performance is really based on how, you know, how well your the rest of your team is performing, you know? If your tanks aren't, you know, making game damage, making space for you, how are you going to DPS? You know, how can you heal if you're dead, bro? Like you can't <laughs> like that's, that's how it works. So, yep. you know, that that's, I think that that was always my biggest problem with performance based SR is that 
as an individual, you do better when your team is doing better, which is why I think a lot of people, when they play in the same three stack or the same six stack, you know, like not just a random people grouping up in six stack, but I'm talking about people who play together, they're going to end up performing better and getting, uh, you know, more SR per win because they're just, do- they're able to actually, uh, you know, do their jobs properly. You'll get more healing per 10 minutes if you're not dying every two minutes. <laughs> you know, yep. you'll get more damage per 10 minutes if you're not dying every, you know, two minutes. Like it's, that's, that's how it works. So I, I think at the end of the day, that's one of the things we're going to see either severely altered or go is the performance based SR, even though this is going to definitely be the stepping stone with what's coming next for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They still need to place you, right? Or else you're going to have that problem that we talked about where everybody's at the bottom of the barrel at the beginning of a season. And then it's not fun for players who are like bronze level because or, or silver or even gold, because not only are they going to get thrashed for the beginning of the season, then throughout the rest of the season, they have to deal with, you know, getting thrashed anyway because they play bronze, silver and, and gold. So, um, you know, they, you still have to place people, right? You got to, got to try to figure out where people belong but once you are placed where you're supposed to go at some point there should be a cutoff where it's like okay like you know you're playing at you you know you're playing as a team is more important than your individual performance and actually when they take that away um i think we will see an improvement in the overall play for other other ranks right because now you won't have somebody you don't have that person who is only playing a certain character just to gain SR. You know, you'll still have people who want to solo a character because that's the character that they want to play. Okay, I get that. Um, not saying it's okay uh, in a competitive setting. Like I, I understand it, but those people who are trying to, um, you know, main a certain hero just to get SR, they won't have a reason to do that anymore. So I think that'll work out for everybody. Yeah, I think I mean, they'd be they, just much more apt to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so. Uh, so what else did you talk about? Well, you talked about the, you know, uh, I guess, story content going forward, um, which, you know, he, he brought up the recall storyline, which would be, you know, the Winston uh, short that we had. Uh, the May short was a part of the recall storyline. The uh, Reinhardt short was about the recall storyline. It's basically any of those just uh, where they were, yeah, where they were answering the call. Apparently, we're going to see more of that going forward in the animated shorts and in the comics. That's what they're looking to do. But I don't know. Like, I, I kind of wish they would give us some type of plan so we can know what to expect. Because you know, they're, they're maybe they're not telling us the plan because they really don't have a full-on plan here. It really feels like the story has been in disarray since they canceled the graphic novel. I mean, I that's, really want to see more with Talon. I want to see them like more like with the backstory and like the sad stories. I want them to go into that, like not the yes. redemption stories over and over and over again. It's like, that's great and it's cool, but your game is more diverse than just only redemption stories over and over again, like with Bastion and, and May and like, yeah, like fighting against that. Like you just, you got to show the depths of what's going on. Like here is like Moira and, and Reaper and even the people that are like, in hiding and still going against whatever it is that they believe, whether it be wrong or right heroes like Anna and soldier and even 
the brainwashing process, like to make you kind of empathize with Widowmaker, but the fact that she was just never coming back, you know, you know what I mean? Like stuff like that seems like very interesting spaces there you can explore. Yeah. Cause like they're, they're bad guys aren't just bad guys for the sake of being bad guys. Right. You know, they're I mean, like it's, rubbing it's their hands together. It's very Marvel DC, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, they're, they're not just evil. So they're like hearing about their stories would be, you know, pretty awesome. Like my favorite comic to date is the doom fist one. That's my favorite. It's real good. Come yeah, comic really that they put good. out. And actually my favorite animated short is still alive. That is my favorite animated short. You know, is that the one with Widow and Tracer? Is that a that's the one with Widow yeah. and Tracer? Yep. See, I like the Genji one the best, but that's because I personally identify like, oh, yeah. the characters a little bit more. Dragons, heck yeah. Dragons for the, is for the, the best same one. reason. For the same exact reason. Uh, that one feels like a perfect matchup because they, they cater two characters in the, the, the space they're exploring and, and giving you a little bit more depth. And then they're also exploring both of the things that we're talking about. Like the redemption story of Genji and the descent to self-loathing that it, self self-loathing that is Hanzo. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. the I guess you could say like the mental blindness that he has. And um it's just super interesting because like I still haven't read anything on Hanzo that makes me believe that he is actually a part of Overwatch or Talon. He still feels like he's kind of just out on his own little space. He's not yeah, really a part his, of anything. I think Genji was trying to get him to join when he Genji was a part like, of Black Watch and moved to Overwatch, right? Yeah. yeah. And at the so, very end of that short, he says, The fight is coming back, brother. You must choose a side or you must join. Yeah. yeah, something like that. I haven't watched it in a while, yeah. but yeah, it's really powerful there. Yeah, I know Doomfist has a voice line in game with Hanzo. I haven't heard it in months, but that where he tries to convince him He's to like join Talon. He's trying to convert him, like, you know, saying maybe, like, you know, we can we can restore your family. Maybe Hero Twenty Seven is also on the fence. I just I'm hoping. Can only hope. Oh, yeah. I mean, we have like so many heroes that have kind of chosen a side. The only one that's kinda of out out there that's like picked a side but is only on their own side is Sombra. Because Sombra is like Sombra is like one of my favorite lore based stories because she's just like, I'm evil, but lol, it's just for me, you know, like right. she just likes right, she, yeah. she doesn't even blackmail for the sake of her own agenda. She blackmails because she likes it, you know, like she just likes manipulating people. I think that's like why she likes hacking so much, you know, that's she's, true. I mean, she has they, some up her sleeve. Yeah. If they were to uh, even out the ranks a bit more between Overwatch and Talon, maybe we can even get a game mode. That has those specific heroes involved. That would be nice. I just want more lore, like in the game. Like that's all I've been asking for for the past year. They've been super almost. quiet on Uprising Part Two, though, haven't they? So they I think have, got something cool in in store. Well, <sighs> they said that for the Uprising event, they would de- like so the Uprising event from last year would definitely return, so that people who didn't play it will be able to play it. But he says they're looking to evolve it. I'm like, what does that mean? Does that mean the same thing you've been doing for, since you know the events have been coming like back a part around? Two? What it sounds like, like the next part of the story. I want the talent I... side or a a talent one, just like we talked about last year after Uprising Blackwatch want, event. A uh, Blackwatch yeah. would be cool. Uh, I think Mikey suggested the uh, Symmetra's group, the Vols Vols. 
Vishkar? Vishkar, Vishkar, that's it. That's what Mikey wanted, but... Yeah, I but she's like the only, only one as a part of Vishkar that's playable. Unless they added another one, you know what I mean? Well, unless I guess it's not true, because Moira's technically hero. Vishkar future past, right? She's yeah, she, oh, okay. I wouldn't be too surprised if Vishkar was actually like a branch of talent or something like that. You know, they're burning people out of their homes. You know, she's, you know, not apathetic. She, you know, she's like, you know, apathetic to their plight, pretty much. Could also be Vishkar so manipulating be both sides to get what they want to. I mean, it, it is like the politics in, in Overwatch, too. Because, I mean, you got places like Volskaya, which are like, they're not choosing a side, but they're, they're choosing the people that let them do what they want to do. That's true. That's true. So I just I, hope, I hope it's something else, though, because not been happy like the junk rat changes i mean they were okay i played it for a little bit but i didn't like it near as much as i did that first year same with lucio ball even though it did have competitive and it was improved quite a bit this wasn't as into it as i was when it was new well i think that's the same thing with all events for year of the dog i am curious to see what they do since ctf is part of the game now Right, so I wouldn't imagine that they'd just feature CTF or maybe some improvements to CTF. I would imagine they're going to actually do something. Escort with the it. Doomfist on the <laughs> on a leash. Three v three or four v four competitive. Uh, capture the f- uh, capture the flag. We did three v three at a cavalry game night. It made capture the flag fun, really fun. Because you couldn't really turtle up, you know, you could, you you'd actually move with, with, uh, with your team, and it was just a really fun, quick, uh, quick matches. Like it was a good time. I want a neutral flag. One flag, you got- CTF. One flag, just one flag in the middle or something. One flag, CTF, really f- way more. Fun. It would really favor speed then. I mean, that's you fine. Know? It's not meant to be a permanent thing. Right, you can try. Well, Neutral flag yeah. is something they could explore very easily. I think too. Like, there's always a definitive centralized point that they can put something on. Like that is that's true. That's possible. Yeah, especially in uh, sieging. Ooh, that map would be awesome yeah. for single flag. I'd also like to see. Oh wait, which one? Oasis, um, city center. Like it go to that middle good. area, and they just put the flag inside of that little hut. Oh man, the amount right. of spam damage going in there would be bananas. It'd be so fun. <laughs> you could also do like triple capture point, like where there's three different three oh, like different points and like Can you, you have you just tick up a percentage while you have one. If you have two, you go, you know, two uh two well, like uprising. Third speed uprising? No, I was yeah, kind of like, like thinking like you like cap the little areas. No, I mean like real time. So like you yeah, could like, so you, control yeah, all three zones, or you could control two of the um, three, and the other one could be controlled by the other teams. Kind of like uh, Arathi Basin in uh, World of Warcraft, or kind of yeah, like uh, Battlefield used to have game modes like this, but it was five points on the map and. I think they called it assault point. I mean, yeah, you the more the more uh, points you had, or the more uh, areas you controlled, the more points the you got would go every faster. so many seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. So it that's sounds like Crucible, where they had like uh, A, B, and C, and you're like ticking up those areas, right? 
is well, Crucible's yeah, like, Destiny? Yeah. yeah, Crucible's Destiny, and okay. in Crucible, you would get an area, and depending on how many areas you had or how many control points you had, every time you got a kill, you'd get that many points. So if you had oh. all three, you get three points per kill. If you only had two, you get two points per kill, or one, one point. So actually, I think it was more than that. Sorry, it has to be more than that because even if you so it's still a death without you, yeah. it sounds like a great idea, but at the same time, it would be like super difficult with how they've already structured the maps. I feel like that would be a lot more work on the back end to get something like that rolling. Yeah, uh, we'll see. We're, we're not that far from it. What? What? There's some of them. It would definitely work on the Koth maps. I mean, they could change they the spawn rooms to be points. Bit. They did that with Uprising. Make the spawn rooms points. That could work. That's true. That's true. So I guess we'll see what they uh, end up doing with it. We don't have to wait that long for it. So, uh, but let's get into our last topic here. Let's talk about tanks for a second, because uh, you know, Bob, you've been saying it. You've been talking about it for a while about how you know, you know, tank a, a tank's job isn't to get shot in the face. A tank's job is to you know make space or I would say mitigate damage. But there was a video that you put up that you, you know kind of shared your point of view correct yeah it was a it was a video by your overwatch there one of my two favorite youtubers the other one's overwatch central but your overwatch put one out that kind of you know tells everybody that playing a tank really isn't about taking damage or even really mitigating damage in overwatch it's about making space and it's about giving your DPS space, giving your healers space. And it's just a really good video that just really, it's really highlighted what I've been talking about for a long, a long time. And like, like Reinhardt's don't hold shield up while they're doing poke damage, you know, wait till you guys actually in, engage to, to use that. Arissa just throw it down, but that's part of the problem. Arissa is like the only like, real damage mitigator i think uh the rest of the the rest of the tanks make space and that's what you're supposed to do don't try and dps as diva like your job isn't to get the 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 number one damage your job's to peel for your support help your soldier who just got jumped on the high ground like to help your team and not really to do damage like damage is sec is secondary so i don't know i i would encourage you guys watch it they released it yesterday i believe right well when you say make space you definitely have to um i think you got to be a bit more direct with what you say because you saying takes uh, make space can be taken in a couple of different ways right when somebody says you need to make space that might mean to them Oh, I'm gonna take Roadhog. I'm gonna run him into the middle of this group, and they're gonna move away from me. You know, <laughs> that, yeah, that's that's, maybe that's, that's not the way. Like that's yeah, that's not pulling what soldier. About. Okay, so for Roadhog, pulling soldier or someone Junkrat, someone off of the high the high ground with hook. That would be one way of making space that allows your supports to not be engaged by the enemy from high from high ground like anything that helps you move forward uh if you're diva pouncing on on soldier um if you're ryan you know getting up 
swinging a few times, throwing shield back up, swinging more, getting uh, just right up, making them move move backwards. So basically taking areas of the map for you. Uh, Wawa's uses a, uh, like a, these these like maps where they'll show you different quadrants of the maps, and it's really good to show where you can and cannot be making space. But it is definitely a hard thing to explain for sure. I mean, does anybody else want to take a crack at it? I mean, for we did an episode called Ladder Climbing with Appa, uh, episode 83 of Omnic Lab, where we talked a lot about like some of the mentality and some of the things you needed to be doing when you're trying to play the game, depending on what heroes you're playing, obviously. And one of the big feedbacks that we got positively from this, as well as something that Andres and I really try to harp home with Appa in that episode, is dictating the team composition and the game plan of your team based off of what tanks you've selected. Uh, the, the, the tanks aren't necessarily the heroes that dictate the carry. Um, like, they're not the ones that are doing the carrying per se, but they are the ones that are dictating how the carry operates and making sure that not just space or damage blocked or mitigation or even just ultimate use and economy, but the heroes are the ones that are, in essence, the ones that are dictating the pace of your team and the ones that are the initiation and or the peeling for um, for uh, disengaging. So you need to basically make sure that regardless of what your team is trying to do, obviously cap the point, get the objective, and move forward on the payload or get frags. Those are all parts of the game. But the, the tanks are the ones that dictate A, the pace, and the, the tanks are also the ones that are actually getting you to... They're the enablers, I guess you could say. They're the ones that are basically yeah. helping you get to from uh, goal A to goal B and transitioning you from both. So yep, that'd be a that would be another good word for make uh, make space enabling. Because it's not even just about pushing space, but rather giving, um, making openings for your teammates. And um, I'm going to be mentioning this a little bit more on around the payload with uh, my pick for who. I think is a, a my MVP to be watching out for um, in Overwatch Season 1. And um, I'm just going to mention that it's a tank player because the tank player is the guy that is basically setting up the game plan so that you have to... You cannot ignore this. Like, I'm going to have my presence here and you can not ignore me or you will be punished. And that... Basically, that means that the healers are going to be focusing you so that you don't die. And then your DPS are basically free. They can do whatever they want. They can shoot whomever they want. And they can actually position wherever they want because you're basically forcing the enemy team to be in specific spots that they don't want to be. So you're basically... It's kind of like... Um, honestly, I've been using a lot of Hearthstone <laughs> analogies. But <laughs> Hearthstone has um, like three big things of, on, on things you need to maintain. One is like, what is your game plan and how do you win with the cards that you have? And B is what is your opponent trying to do that they're trying to do with their cards, right? And like, what is their optimal play? And then you have like, what is the proper play for the turn if everything goes well and let's say like the worst case scenario. But when you're, when you're choosing what you need to do in any game, you need to also, you need to think in like three areas. You need to think of 
as this hero or as this deck or whatever I'm playing, what is the what is the standardized thing that I'm trying to do? Like Wawas does a great job at this. Like, what does your hero do? Um, what what can you block? What is your optimal kit? Um, what do you, what is the goals of the game besides the objective and what your hero operates in? And then, um, what is it that you can disrupt so that your opponent's game plan is disrupted? Is, is disrupted to the point that they can't operate what they want to do. You have to think in both camps because if you're not and you're only trying to push your agenda, you're going to hit a wall over and over and over and over again because you've got this one guy that's like flanking on McCree for no reason. <laughs> you know, or you got the Roadhog who's like literally walked all the way around the map just so he can hook your mercy. And like he spent like the last five minutes doing that just so they can win one team fight. And that's a disrupting play. I mean, there's there's a there's a clip that I was watching this morning where Fissure again Spitfire is is on Eichenwald. I'm sure you guys watched this in the preseason. He's sitting at the Eichenwald point three door on defense, and San Francisco Shock just like runs in the point, and he gets a four man Earth Shatter because they weren't ready for it. He just Earth Shatters people because they're just doing what the normal thing is. They're getting the game plan. They need to rush the point. And Fisher's going out about this in a play that is unfavorable positioning normally, but when you have an ultimate in mind, you can actually run the ultimate in a disruptionary way. You know what I mean? And so, like, in essence, creating space is making sure that everyone lays down and is able to be killed. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, so th there are different ways to define it, but that's just, like, a couple of examples for you to, like, kind of realize how you play tanks. And Winston Diva, like, I had a... Sorry to keep talking, but there's one more thing. Uh, when I was playing in my rank games, I had one of these guys like ask me straight up like what he should play. And I was like, just play Winston. We have a diva. And like he was diving in and doing everything proper and we were still losing fights. And I was like, look, diva, Winston, you guys are one unit. You are not two when you're playing these tanks. You go in and we do whatever we want and we win fights. And that's how the game goes. If you guys jump in together, I will make sure you don't die. Just go in. And if you die, I'll pop Valkyrie. So let's go. <laughs> And like I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here, and I feel like a Overwatch babysitter. I'm like, okay, go. And they're like, where do I go? I'm like, guys, <laughs> I'm not here Dude, to boost you. This is yeah, not a game where I'm, I'm trying to like coach you. This is a game where you're supposed to operate and play and what you're doing, and like you're not doing your research and like learning how to play the game. Everybody's so, quiet. And <laughs> I'm just like, okay, Winston Diva, go. Make sure you jump on Moira. And I was like, even if Diva goes early, Winston. And it's the bad play. Just follow. It makes it ten times easier on everyone else. And I was and I was the same thing to Diva. I was like, Winston jumped, go. It's like I don't need peeling. I'll go in with you. Like that's we have the defense matrix. We have a bubble. I can jump out. And what happened was we had a junk rat and a soldier in the back end that literally never got dealt with because our tanks are sitting on them. <laughs> so it's like yeah. they're not create that the, the term is creating space. There's lots of space between the tanks and the DPS. But when is that space valuable is when everyone, all the focus shifts off of the back end and the back end is able to do stuff. And like, you don't have to do a whole lot. Like if the, the tanks are doing damage at all and then like the trash damage is just confirming the kills while your DPS is, you know, getting the main source of DPS on them, I guess you could say. Yep. Right, yeah. Joe, you want to take I, a stab at it? Yeah, I mean, because I play... So on, on the... On the on the characters I care about, I play mostly tanks, right? Those those are my highest tiered characters. And generally speaking, my goal when I play a tank is to enable the DPS and people like that to be able to do their jobs. You know? 
So for me, when you say like creating space, I'm thinking, okay, I want to create enough space. I want to create an area where my DPS can maybe, you know, get damage outbound to the enemy, right? So if I'm a Reinhardt, I need them to stay behind the shield. So when we move forward, and I, I, I guess I'm, I'm thinking specifically when we're, we're playing like maybe like a payload map or something like that. Like you want to create space around the payload. And if anybody else comes around the payload, they're going to pay the price because you're a Reinhardt. Uh, you know, or, you know, let's say you're Winston or Diva, you can punish them more, or Roadhog for getting close. So, um, it basically, you know, you want to create like a, a safe space for them to not be damaged so they can do their job properly. Uh, when I play tank, I don't expect to get gold damage or gold limbs or anything like that. You know, I expect to be, you know, uh, mitigating damage so that the people who are supposed to be doing damage can output damage, but um, tank roles vary, right? You know, Zarya isn't going, you know, she may create space differently than uh, Reinhardt and Orissa. Roadhog creates space differently than those two as well. And then Diva also creates space in a different way. So sometimes, depending on the tanks you play, you have to create space by, you know, uh, being more aggressive and going forward. Like, you know, with the dive comp, you know, you're, you're jumping in and, uh, you know, you're creating space that way. Um, like Rob said, so that, you know, now they're ignoring your damage dealers in the back line. Uh, but, you know, with somebody like, let's say, Reinhardt or Arissa, I'll probably want to be closer to my team. Like, I don't want to take Reinhardt, and even though his, his hammer is powerful, just go in there and start swinging it around as we see so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that, that happens a lot. Um, you know, as, you know, well, you said earlier that, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean uh, mitigating damage. For me, it does mean uh, making sure damage is mitigated, but when I say mitigating damage, I don't mean taking shots to the face. Like mitigating damage means actually getting rid of the damage. You don't want to take damage. You don't just want like if you're blocking the right diva, damage. Exactly right. So you know, just you know, your diva. You have a high health pool. That doesn't mean you sit in the middle of a fight taking the soaking up a bunch of damage, right? You know, if I'm if I'm playing diva and I hop into a fight or I hop in the back line. And there's really no purpose for me to be there besides, you know, distracting the enemy team. Like, I'm not just going to sit there and, t- and soak up the damage. Like, I'm going to try to get out of there. But I do see some people just hop into the middle of the group and try to get the group to put damage on them as opposed to putting damage on their healers or their DPS. But what happens when you're dead? They're just going to turn around and deal with, put the damage on them anyway. You're much more valuable alive. So, you know, mitigating damage doesn't mean just eating up the damage with your with your health pool because that's going to charge the enemy ult. You want to get rid of the damage where you can into your shield, into your defense matrix, you know, stuff like that. Or that's, just that's, yeah, or just taking someone off high ground with Diva or or Winston. I mean, that that right there uh mitigates damage. Yeah, like removing let's say removing the threat. Is that I don't think that's yep. a that's a removing threat from your teammates. You know, so if that, that for Arissa, that means putting your shield out and keeping it up. For Reinhardt, it means keeping your shield up. For Diva, it may mean, like you said, removing somebody off the high ground. Roadhog snatching somebody off of the high ground. Uh, you know, with um, uh, Zarya, obviously a little different, small health pool, and she can only mitigate so much damage in short bursts. You know, it may just mean, you know, making sure that you're charged up because you know if you see a Zarya that's all charged up, coming your way you're probably going to back up <laughs> you know that that's not or a good try situation and kill her as fast as possible yeah 
Well, yeah, that's that's option A. You might have to go to plan B, depending on what's happening. <laughs> so, yeah. But, yeah, definitely, you know, I, I think like, that conversation came up because people do play tanks in a really aggressive manner sometimes. You know, like some people, with the change to Roadhog, for example, some people really do treat Roadhog like he is a DPS, and that is it. You know? I mean, I've been... I, mean, I know I've been guilty of it sometimes. Go different ahead. styles of play is something that you have to adjust as yourself, you know? Like, if right. people have been chewed out needlessly in many of my games where hyper-aggression is viewed as bad, like, you're literally playing out of position, it's like, just because we cap the point doesn't mean we have to sit on it. You know what I mean? And it's like... Even if we're hyper aggressive, the only reason we're hyper aggressive is because there's only one person being aggressive. It's not because the rest of us are smarter. You know what I mean? Like we need to disengage when we don't have a man advantage. But when you're going in four v six or six v four, and you've already capped the point on Nepal, you need to be out there, man. You need to chase those suckers down. You can force them to trickle all day. Yep. You can burn like right, three minutes yeah. off the clock yep. for stuff like that. Follow Playing aggressive up. is how you Follow win. Up. So oh, that's true. The the issue isn't that the, the problem happens is when you start trickling uh one by one into fights or two by two instead of engaging in fights where you have at least like four to five of you engaging against four or five or six of them. Like you need to have everyone on on mission and that's the tank's job and that's why tanks look, look to carry you have to be the one that just does stuff and sometimes if you do something like two or three times in a row and you die, it isn't necessarily always your skill, but it can be. Um, but generally speaking, it's because your team isn't on mission with what you're trying to do. So you need to adjust your play, play style for what the team is trying to do. And if you want to play Reinhardt in that way, you may not need to s switch off of your main for the sake of you not knowing how to play it, but for the sake of your team not knowing how to play with your Reinhardt. You need to play you know, Winston so that they know, okay, this guy's going to jump. You know, like... Reinhardt has a charge and he's going to go in. But if your team doesn't realize that that's how you're going to play Reinhardt, they just want to sit behind the shield all day. Then you need to take away the shield from the equation to just say, I'm going in by my hero pick. Sometimes you can just do that, you know? Yeah. That's why I don't play Ryan. I like to charge I can't play Ryan too balls. much. Then should I can't be. do it. I like I do real Winston. good. <laughs> I do real good at the, the start of the round. I'm real patient. And then I'm like, Fuck it. Charge, charge, charge. <laughs> it's bad. I mean, playing support, you know how bad it is when Winston's sitting on you the whole game, so you kind of learn how to play Winston arbitrarily that way, or like uh -huh. by osmosis of like knowing how you hate to deal with him. They're like, okay, <laughs> I know if I was in this situation as support, I would hate to see a Winston right now, so I'm going to go in. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Winston's my most played tool. tank right at, yeah, at the moment. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, so... All right, well, I think I think we're good there. We can go ahead and start closing this show up. No weekly updates this week, fresh year, so uh, not not too much has happened. I mean, we do have Overwatch League starting next week, so I what? wasn't expecting too much news. Was it? Is next week right, or is the week after? Tenth, tenth. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh yeah, next week. Yeah, seven so days. Next Wednesday. Well, yeah. seven days for me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, eight for you guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we have Overwatch League coming next week. You know, something big like that happened, and not too much information is going to be coming out this week, but I'm pretty sure uh, we will be rolling in Overwatch news uh, next week. Skin info should be out 
any like any day now for the Overwatch League skins. I gotta imagine. I should check right now. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't think. Oh, tons of people were requesting in the forums to be able to buy skins right now, and actually complaining that the background had changed to the new League skins without not being able to purchase said League skins. I'm like, oh my god! Would you people complaining in Overwatch? No. People complaining <laughs> on the internet, man. Yeah. So. That yeah. is definitely happening right now. But uh, yeah, so Overwatch League next week. I didn't get any any uh, information on any, any community events uh, recently. So still working on that. Even though I should have a pipeline to at least Philadelphia community events very soon. So I'll keep you guys informed on that. Uh, prepare to attack. Batch 5 has started. The Hanzo, Mercy, and who else did we do? We have one. Uh, is it Farah? Yeah, I think it's Hanzo Mercy and Farah. Yes. Somebody, yeah, those episodes are out. Reaper on the way. Should be uh, recording Reaper tomorrow, as long as okay, everything great. goes good. All right, cool. And, uh, yeah, so we'll have that. Plus, we got Moira, and we, we will find a Bastion coach to, 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 to well, uh, Colorblind's back. With. You can go talk with him. Maybe you guys can hook up. <laughs> yeah, I know they're like Reaper and Bastion were the two toughest that they were having problems finding somebody who would talk about it. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, reminded to everybody who is not on the live stream right now, we do live stream every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on twitch.tv slash smash those buttons. We'll love to have you here. We always want to hear about your Overwatch stories. So please, um, you know, send those to us where they're funny, angry, sad. You can tell us about your, you know, how your weekend Overwatch went. And we do have a PS4 community and an Xbox One club. Uh, they're both called Watchpoint Radio Overwatch. You know, so please join those if you're on the console. And you know, when I do play console, we can play together. I do think I'm going to make a more concerted effort to play console more this season. So you know, join those groups, and uh, hopefully we can hook up. Also, uh, you know, join us on Discord. Like I said earlier, Discord.me/slash/MashThoseButtons. We would love to have you there to join the conversation. And as always, I like to talk about Heroes of Overwatch, which is a Facebook community uh, that you know has a bunch of players from Overwatch console, Xbox, PS4, and PC, and they keep up with the latest Overwatch news and the dankest memes. So if you're on Facebook, you might want to check out that group, Heroes of Overwatch. Uh, thank you for listening. We're available on multiple podcast platforms. You can find us on your favorite podcasting app on either your iOS or Android device or PC. Just search for Watchpoint Radio and it should come up. If it is not there, we do have an RSS feed available right on the Matchless Buttons website, so please go check that out. Uh, once again, our Twitter is twitter.com slash watchpointradio. Our, uh, we also have a twitter.com slash mtb site, facebook.com slash buttons, and youtube.com slash buttons. Rob, where can they find you? If you guys want to find me, I'm on Twitter and Instagram with the tag not Rob. I stream very, very few hours of the day uh, occasionally on Not Rob May. And if you like Overwatch even more, you can maybe venture over to another podcast called Omniclab. It's one that I do with my buddy Andres or I play games. We talk similar things with um, Prepare to Attack, but it's not only heroes. We talk about strategy and pretty much holistic approach. <laughs> so that's uh, that's what we're going to be doing. We got a some cool stuff that we're trying to plan this week. Uh, first of the year is always difficult with everyone transitioning, so we're hoping to get something together over the next couple of weeks. But uh, yeah, I think that's probably going to do it. Just search Omnic Lab; you'll find it. It's not too hard. 
All right. What about you, Bob? You can find me on Twitter at Blazin underscore Bob. That's B-L-A-Z-Z-I-N underscore B-O-B. You can find me on Twitch streaming most nights at Blazin Bob. And you can more recently find me on the Overwatch League r- recap with I play games from OmniClab as well. So check it out, guys. All right. And you can find me on Twitter at underscore jaw underscore. That's underscore J-A-A underscore and um, I don't have a, a streaming schedule yet, but when I do stream, I stream on this channel. So just uh, follow this channel, uh, which is twitch.tv slash match those buttons once again. And you can catch me when I stream. Uh, we, you know, we love to hear from you guys. So please definitely, you know, reach out. Uh, WPR matches buttons.com is the email address, but you can also send us you know, a tweet or leave a comment on the website, SoundCloud, wherever. Uh, if you uh, want to, uh, you know, support the podcast and support Mash Those Buttons, the best way to do that is to uh, share the show with people who you think will enjoy it. That's a great way to help us out. Another great way to help us out is to uh, rate and review the podcast on your podcast platform of choice. If you want to take it a bit further, we do have Mash Those Buttons and Watchpoint Radio merch on our Teespring uh, store, which is teespring.com slash stores slash Mash Those Buttons. Bob, but the product placement with the mug great job and finally we are a twitch affiliate so uh if you would like to uh subscribe to our channel that is also a tremendous help bob again with the product placement with the watchman radio shirt good job he has it in multiple colors folks he is a trooper <laughs> bob is a trooper well yeah like i said uh you know like I said, we have the, the teespring store and also uh the uh you can subscribe to us on twitch it's a tremendous help and thank you to everybody who has subscribed thus far we really do appreciate it and uh, yeah, with that, I think you guys should definitely check out matchesbuttons.com slash shows to see all the other podcasts we have available. Uh, we have two World of Warcraft podcasts, one about that's a general and the other one is about story and lore. We have a fighting game podcast called Double Tap, which recently went weekly. And actually this week they have a guest. I just don't know who it is yet. So that's going to be out uh, on Thursday. And we have a division podcast because uh, apparently server populations are going back up uh after Sweet. destiny 2 so that works uh that's been working out well for them so definitely check them out and uh yeah, like i said earlier thank you guys for listening and thanks rob for coming on to the show really appreciate it oh yeah no problem it was a lot of fun i took two weeks off and it's been great anyways even if i wasn't on the show <laughs> it's been great like just catching up on rest and enjoying the new year so thanks for having me guys it was a pleasure as always and we didn't talk about dragon ball which is pretty amazing so yes <laughs> <laughs> thank you for coming thank you for coming. thanks for coming no all right guys we will catch you next week peace